Today we are finishing our series which is called Simple Church. This is a series that we've done over the last few weeks where we've taken a bit of time to remind ourselves about the basics of the church. We've talked about how during this season we have to go back to basics because of all the things that are happening around us and that personally we need to be looking after ourselves, making sure that we're exercising, making sure that we're getting out and getting some fresh air, making sure that we're eating right, making sure that we're sleeping right and that we've got those good habits in place. But for us as a church, it's an opportunity to go back to basics as well. And so two weeks ago, we talked about what it looks like for us to read the Bible. Last week, we spent some time talking about what it looks like for us to connect with God through prayer in a number of different ways. And today, we're going to talk about what it looks like for us to gather together. We've said that throughout the history of the church, that's what has been a part of what we have seen, that those three things have been in place through every century, through all different cultures, Those have been the key habits. And so what does it look like for us to be able to focus on them during this time? So I hope that you have been focused on your Bible reading. I hope that you've had an opportunity this last week to try some different prayer things out and have increased your sense of connection with God through all of that. But as I said, today we want to finish by talking about the third component of what it looks like for us to gather together as the church. That's always been a key part of what the church looks like. And right since the very beginning, there's just been a default assumption that the church is going to get together. In fact, the original word for church, which is the word ecclesia, means the gathering of people with a purpose. It was actually a civic term that was used that was kind of similar to how we think about our local council, how they would gather together to be able to talk about the important things for them as a town, to be able to make decisions together. And the church adopted this word to describe who they were. The people who were following Jesus said, well, we are a gathering of people who get together with a very specific purpose. We want to talk about things that matter, but we want to center ourselves on Jesus as we do that. And so we have talked a number of times about these two crucial passages that we see in the beginnings of the early church at the end of Acts chapter 2 and at the end of Acts chapter 4, where we see the church gathering together and all of the different things that they were doing together. But it's good for us to remember that joining together as the church is something that has always been a part of the life of the church. And in fact, for the first 1500 years of the church, that was what they really needed to do. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago, that people didn't have their own individual Bibles back then. So people needed to come together to be able to focus on scripture together and to be able to learn together. It's only in the last 500 years and the last couple of hundred years in particular where the individual nature of what it means for us to focus on our relationship with Jesus has really escalated. And in the West, that's then gone to a completely new level because we're such an individualistic society. But throughout the history of the church, this idea that I could just follow Jesus by myself is something that's completely foreign. If we talk about the church, we talk about the church gathering together. And it's helpful for us to remind ourselves that throughout Scripture, when we read the word you, it's generally not directed at an individual person. So if we think about the letters that are in the New Testament, for example, the ones that Paul wrote, Paul wrote these letters to a group of people, the gathered church in Colossae for Colossians, in Rome for Romans, in Corinth for the Corinthians. And so they would be gathered together. And so when Paul is writing the word you... He's saying you all, all of you, the people who are gathered together. So you is not an individual word, but we in the West in particular, over the last couple of hundred years, have taken that and really run with it and said the Bible is written for me about my personal spirituality. 
I was thinking about this when I was reading one of my favourite verses that comes from Ephesians in our reading plan. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 that says, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. Now it's interesting because even though that doesn't have the word you necessarily in the translation that I read, Whenever I've heard that verse talked about and focused on, the majority of the time, it's been very individually directed. We could kind of read it this way. For you are God's masterpiece. He has created you and you in Christ Jesus so that you can do the good things that he planned for you long ago. It's kind of how we look at that and think about that. And so for me, as I read those verses a couple of days ago, uh, I was thinking that through. I was like, huh. For us as the church, in actual fact, this is something that's written to all of us. For we, collectively, are God's masterpiece. He's created us together in Christ Jesus so that we, collectively, can do the good things that he planned for us together to do long ago. Now, it is really important for us to recognise, and I've needed to understand that at different times in my life, that yes, I am also God's masterpiece, that God loves me as I am, that God created me, and that he is absolutely amazed at the person that he has created in me. That's important for us to wrestle with. But often we just take it and focus on the individual nature of those things instead of the gathered nature of what it looks like. And Jesus himself reminds us that when we do gather When it's not just about us individually, something really remarkable happens. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 18, verse 20, For where two or three gather together as my followers, I am there among them. Now we believe that Jesus is with us all the time, that we can connect with him anytime, anywhere. But there's something unique that happens, that when we gather together, Jesus is there in a tangible way. Jesus is there in a significant way, that we're able to tap into who Jesus is. We're able to tap into what Jesus has got for us. We seem to be more aware of Jesus' presence with us when we gather together. So if we recognize that the church is here so that we can gather together, that's a core part of why we're here, then what is the purpose behind why we do that? Yes, we can understand, okay, so we should gather together, but why? Well, that's the question I want you to be able to wrestle with. I want you to take some time with the people that you're with, or if you're in, uh, you're watching this on your own, jot some thoughts down in the chat. But how would you describe the purpose of the church? Why would you say it is that we gather together? Well, I hope that you came up with some really good ideas. Here's a few that, as I did a bit of looking around during the week, that I was thinking about. So Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25 says, Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Colossians chapter 3 verse 16 says, Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom that he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. 
And 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11 says, So encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. So when we look at Scripture and what it talks about, what things are like when we gather together, these words continue to come through. Encourage each other. Build each other up. Motivate each other. One translation talks about that we have the opportunity to build up hope with one another. So when we get together, when we gather together, our purpose is to encourage and inspire each other about what it means for us to follow Jesus. The message translation of Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 says this, which I love. Let's see how inventive we can be in encouraging love and helping out, not avoiding worshipping together as some do, but spurring each other on. Let's see how inventive that we can be. I love that. In encouraging love and helping out, not avoiding worshipping together, but spurring each other on. Over and over again, we're reminded that as the family of God, we're created and we're expected to be people who gather together. The idea of us gathering as church is not something that's kind of an optional add-on that we have created, particularly again in the West, where we can say, well, I'm just passionate about following Jesus. I don't need a church to be able to do that. The idea of saying, well, if you feel like it, or if you want to, or if you have time, is just a completely foreign concept to what we read about the early church. There was a default expectation that we were going to get together so that we could remind ourselves about what Jesus has done for us and out of that, encourage each other, spur each other on, build up a sense of hope together. Now, I recognise that the church at times has then become very focused on what that gathering looks like in a very programmatic way. And so often we think about the church just as what that gathered community looks like in terms of a Sunday service. And I don't know about you, but we often hear language like we're going to go to church. We have to get ready for church. We actually had an interesting conversation as a family the other day where we were getting ready to be a part of our gathered online service for this. And uh, there were some comments being made about how we needed to get organized so that we could get ready for church. And we talked about that a little bit to recognize that, no, the church is the gathered group of people. We're not getting ready for a program. We're not getting ready for church to start. We're getting ready to hang out with the church. And as we do, there are some things that we're going to get to do together. And so the church as the gathered people of God is supposed to be about so much more than just one gathering where we get together on a Sunday morning or whatever time that is. Now, I'm a firm believer, obviously, in the importance of us gathering together on a Sunday morning and being able to join together like we are now. This would be an excellent opportunity for me to tap out of that if that wasn't something that I felt was important. But I do believe that it genuinely is. Because this, I hope, is an opportunity for us to be reminded together about some core truths. But this should be kind of like a catalyst, something that sets us up, something that inspires up and us and sends us out into the week. It's not supposed to be something that is kind of a be-all and end-all on its own. The church has always been at its best when it takes what it does when it gathers together and then takes that out into the week and spends more time unpacking that together, journeying together, being able to learn together, being able to encourage and inspire each other, not just in that time that we're together like now, but in the opportunities that we have throughout the week to be able to connect. We also recognise that if we just sit and listen to something like this, and now more than ever, there's a bit of an element of that where you're watching this on a screen, we're not even able to gather together and inspire each other that way. But we can just absorb this stuff and then it all kind of falls away. 
I'm sure you've had that experience where you've watched endless numbers of Netflix shows or you have watched YouTube clips or whatever it might be and then kind of half an hour later I don't even remember anything that happened in that episode or what was going on. It's really important for us to take the things that we are focused on when we are gathered together and to unpack that together with each other outside of this, to be able to talk about what's challenging us, what's inspiring us, what we're learning together. We've used the example before that when we talk about discipleship and following Jesus, it's much more like apprenticeship than it is like studying in a classroom setting. And so classroom setting in its worst version is just learn these things by rote and hope that they stick so that when the time comes for the test, you can kind of do that on your own. And so there is an element of being able to do that solo. I can read this, I can learn this, I do my study and then I do my test. But when we think about apprenticeship, it is very much about, again, journeying together. We're learning together. We're putting things into practice together. But apprentices don't go off and just try and do that by themselves. They learn with other people. And that's what discipleship and us being the church is supposed to look like. And so in this season, this is more important than it's ever been because we are scattered, we are separated, and even in terms of this gathering where we're in the same place sort of at the same time, there's a reality that we are very spread out. And so this is a really important time for us to focus on what it means for us to gather together, to make it a priority to be able to stay connected with each other and to explore what that looks like. Now, for some of us, that might bump us right out of our comfort zone because we maybe even like a little bit just being on our own and having some time to ourselves. But it's really good for us to embrace this idea of being the gathered church and to stretch ourselves in this and to reach out to other people and to ask them how they're doing and to be vulnerable enough to be able to share how we're doing. There's something really significant that happens. I know this week I've had a number of conversations with people and everyone has said, oh, thank you so much for calling. Thank you for ringing. It's so good to be able to chat with each other. And so as we head into this week, I want us to just take a moment to think about what that looks like. If the purpose of us gathering as the church is so that we can encourage and cheer each other on, so that we can inspire each other, so that we can find creative ways of being able to help each other to live out the hope that we have in Jesus. What does that look like during this season? What does it look like for us to put those things into practice? Now, there's a couple of things that we've already talked about at different times. So one of them is that uh, most of you are in one of our connect groups if you belong to Brooklyn Park. And if you're not sure about that, then please get in contact with me because I'd love to tell you a little bit more about it and make sure that you are connected. But most of you should have received an email to connect you in with a group of people. And some of those connect groups are going really well. There's regular connections that are happening through the week. And there is that sense of gathering together, encouraging each other and spurring each other on. So that's really awesome. But I know some of the other groups have had a little bit of trouble trying to connect with each other. So I want to encourage you as we head into this week to think about connecting with your connect group. It was a very, very clever ploy for us to call them connect groups because that's really the purpose. But to do it with what we're talking about this morning in mind. What does it mean for us to encourage each other, to inspire each other, to check in with each other and to see how we're doing? But beyond our connect groups, we've also just got the opportunity to check in with anybody else. And so who is someone that you could send a text message to, that you could send an email to, that you could give a phone call to, that you could make a video call with? Who's someone that comes to mind as you sit there right now that you would think, yes, that would be really great to be able to check in with that person and to be able to just find out how they're doing and to take a bit of time to encourage them. 
Now, one thing I do wanna say is that some of us are doing okay, and so we're kinda of like, oh, I don't really need that. And if you're in that place, then that's really, really great. I'm glad that you're doing well. That's when it's good for us to remind ourselves that the church was never supposed to be about me. It was always supposed to be about we. The church was never supposed to be just about me. It was always supposed to be about we. And so that me-centric thinking is, I'm doing okay, so I don't need this. We want to turn that around and be able to say, maybe you're one of the best people to reach out to some others to see how they're doing. If you're doing well, it's even more important for you to check in on others and just to listen and to see how they're doing. So that's what I want to encourage you to do. Take a few moments to be able to think the same as we have through the last couple of weeks about what a goal is that you can set for this week. And be really, really specific about that. Who is it that you want to check in with? When are you going to do that? And how are you going to do that? Because we are in a time when it's really easy to let things slide. Days just seem to pass and blur into one another. So be specific. Who is it? When are you going to do it? And what's the best way for you to be able to check in with that person or with that group of people? Take some time to turn to the people that you're with and share that. Or if you're on your own, take some time to jot some notes down. And if you want to share that in the chat, that'd be great. Our focus throughout this series has been what it looks like for us to come out the other side of this season even stronger than we went in. My hope and my prayer and my desire for us as a church is that as we come out the other side of this, whenever it is that that happens, that we've got a greater sense of what it means for us to be the church together. That we're more focused on Bible reading than maybe we have been in the past and that we're applying that that we're more connected to God, that we're following Jesus in more passionate ways as we engage with him in all sorts of different prayer ways, but also that we are more connected than we've ever been before. Wouldn't it be awesome if we come out the other side of this and we're in a place where we are feeling great about reading scripture together and learning together. We're in a place where we are connecting with God. We're in a place where we're connecting with each other. And then when we gather together, we can just allow that to fuel itself. That'd be so awesome, wouldn't it? So that's my hope that as we continue to move forward, we can take some time to be able to apply these things, not just this week, but in the rest of the season that we're in, until we ultimately come out the other side of it.